Welcome to the Susquehanna Valley Baptist Pulpit, preaching a life worth living, abundant life in Christ. And now the message. So our lesson this morning we're dealing with being enticed to danger, and last week we dealt primarily with one of the great difficulties, perils of this time in the digital age being that of the internet, basically what can be seen and processed in one sense. And today we're going to deal primarily with an other side of that coin, which is a focus on social media and what is said and interacted with. And so keeping that in mind, I want you to look in Romans chapter number 12. This is our memory passage for this month. And I want you to look really at verse number 12. And I want you to consider for a moment. The scripture says, and be not conformed to this world. There's a lot of things that one could consider when you think of the word world. When I think of the world, I can think of uh, terra firma. I can think of this globe, uh, this, this uh, <clears throat> planet, if you will, that is the third end in our solar system. And I can think of Earth in that sense, and I can say that's the world. When I think of world, I can think of the, the uh, uh, ethnos. I can think of the inhabitants of the world. Uh, I can think of the cosmos. That's another word in the New Testament is translated world. You think of the cosmos, you think of the order and the structure of the system of this world from an, uh, a planetary point of view. Uh, you might would think of, of the arrangements and the seasons. You might would think of, of uh, uh, the calendar gear. You might would think of the beauty that is manifested therein in its order and structure. But this is an interesting word here. It's anon, anon. Uh, not Q-anon, no, not that, not that anon. This is just plain old anon. But that world has the idea of the age, the age. And that's an important concept because when the Lord is speaking through inspiration to the Apostle Paul, he's not talking about being conformed to this world in the sense that you should look completely otherly. That as a Christian, you know, you should sprout wings and thereby be distinguished from all the other inhabitants of earth. That's not what he's talking about. Certainly there's a call in scriptures for us to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. But the moment you're saved, you still have basically the same physical characteristics of the lost man. Uh, your height didn't change. Your eye color didn't change. And so he's not talking about that when he's talking about being conformed to this world or be not conformed to this world. He's not talking that somehow you should not enjoy some of the cosmos, the structure, uh, the creation of this world, the planetary uses of this world. No, we still have the opportunity to enjoy the seasons and the weather. But when he's talking about being not conformed to this world, he's talking about this world system and the age in which we live. And the interesting thing, and this is where I want you to turn to Leviticus, the interesting thing about the age, and you'll, you'll note here, and be not conformed to this world, the idea, the age that you're in, it changes, doesn't it? Now, some folks like to live in the past. They, you know, have certain eras of American history. I can do this a little bit, that they could consider more than other. I would like to use the word romanticize. As a little child, I romanticized the Wild West, and I thought that that would just be an amazing place to live. And then, through a little bit of reading and study, I realized that it was a very hard place and time to live in. Um, sickness, illness, it was a difficult time. I remember as a kid getting on my little stick horse. If you don't know what one of those are, you've been ruined by life. Uh, that little stick horse, and I, I would mount that fella, and I would pretend like I was on the Chisholm Trail, and I'm taking this long, and I'm taking all those little doggies, 
moo cows, you know. And I'm taking them all. Boy, we're going to. And it was so fun, you know. I could entertain myself for hours. I think sadly, and I'm deviating from the notes here, but I think sadly that's a thing that's often missing in our society today, the ability of children to have a creative imagination. We've rather given them a virtual reality and they have not developed an imagination, but that's for another time. But I get on this and I would consider it how wonderful it was. And you know, as you begin to read, you have to find out, man, you're living on the ground. And probably a bulk of the guys that were doing it weren't doing it because it was their favorite thing in the world to do. It was somewhat of necessity. But times change, don't they? You look back into those romanticized period of time and some of the struggles that they had, and I'm speaking of Christians that lived during that time, is completely distinctive from the age we live in. Yet the tenet, the principle is still the same, be not conformed to this world, to this age that exists. With the passing of history, the base causes for temptation are always present. For all that is in the world, for all that, how does that go? For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They're not of the Father, but of the world. The world passeth away in the lust thereof. He that doeth the will of God abideth there. That's 1 John 2, 15 through 17. If you go back to Genesis chapter 3, you have Eve's interaction with the serpent. Do you remember? And if you'll, if you'll look at that closely, and time won't allow us today, he's tempting her with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The base means by which temptation occurs has not changed from the demonic side. Man's heart is eternally still focused on the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Yet, as the passing of time changes, what in particular pieces of information allure him does change. What do you mean? He's still looking for the bait, but the bait changes with time. That's what I'm submitting to you. Now, you're here in Romans. Look over to Leviticus. Brother oh, shared this with me this morning, and it marries so well with this. But notice in verse 8, we're in chapter 18. Did I tell you the chapter? Chapter 18. The Lord spake unto, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, say unto them, I am the Lord your God. Now notice carefully, verse 3. After the doings of the land of Egypt, wherein you dwell, ye shall not do. Tell me about that. They had lived there for an extensive period of time. They were slaves. They were free men at one point. They were slaves. And when you think about the land of Egypt, it had unique, unique sins, or I should say sins unique to it. They worshipped the Nile River. In fact, that was a major sense of, of uh, its uh, pagan worship. I was at a doctor's office this week, and I'm waiting for the doctor to come in. And uh, with my one good eye, you know, I'm perceiving all that is on the wall. And he had, uh, on the one wall over here, he had an invention that he had made, and it had all of the schematics to it. And I don't really know what it was for, and I don't really know how it works, but it was interesting to kind of look at that. And I looked over, and there she was on the wall. I would have recognized her uh, with only one good eye, and it was Queen Nefertiti. How many are familiar with her? She's an iconic one. There's only a couple of Egyptians, um, Pharaoh's queens that exist, but she might be one of the most well-regarded and well-known of them. There it was, and I looked over here, and just beside that, it's kind of like one wall was an Egyptian-type historical thing, and I enjoyed gazing upon some of that. When you look back in Egypt, things were different. And there were certain sins, certain temptations that were predicated and present in the land of Egypt. And the Lord's admonishing them, 
you're not to do those things. But notice the next half of the verse. And after the doings of the land of Canaan, and what's the phrase? Whither I bring you, shall ye not do. Now, I want to ask you a little, it's a trick question. This passage is written in the middle of the wilderness wanderings. How many of the children of Israel had actually been in the land of Canaan? That's it. I don't know if you heard that. It's 12. 12 spies. And by the time they actually go into the land of Canaan, that number's down to two. You talk about an insulated group. There'd only be two of them outside of the original ten that would receive God's judgment and not be able to go back into the land. The overwhelming host of these folks here in the book of Leviticus when this is initially penned had never been to Canaan. There's a third element of this I want you to see. In betwixt this is a whole other generation. They're wandering for 40 years in the wilderness. Now, approximately every 20, 25 years is a new generation. During that 40 years, guess what happens? Children are hatched. That's right. I mean born, yes. They're born. They've never been in Egypt nor Canaan. What I'm submitting to you is the overwhelming majority of the Jews, Israelites that would go into Canaan were born in the wilderness wanderings. It's the overwhelming majority of them. They never resided a day in Egypt. That was a smaller portion. It'd be the old heads that were in Egypt. And yet, they'd never been into the land of Canaan. And in the 40 years of wilderness wandering, they basically were isolated in their inhabitants. Now, there's a couple things to think about there, isn't there? Temptation is strong in the hearts of individuals. They can take and sin by falling to a past culture or to a future culture. But get this and etch this deeply in your heart. So strong is the proclivity and the simpleness and the temptation of sin that if you could isolate a generation from any pagan culture, guess what they would still manage to do? Tell me what it is. You want a biblical proof? This group. Serpents to be sent among them. They still know how to complain. They still know how to murmur. They still know how to be godless. And somewhere along the lines, they even still know how to make faulty images before God. There's a strong wonder. No wonder. Be not conformed to this world. One of the gods or temptation in this age we live, that's what's going to take us to Proverbs chapter 7, is, in fact, this peril of the Internet, the associated things that exist. Now, last week we dealt just briefly with this, and so I want to revisit this and kind of do it all in one sum. But draw your attention down to verse number 25. Speaking in the earlier verses about Solomon looks outside of his casement of his house. He beholds a simple one. Void of understanding, passing by her way, she caught him and uh, kissed him and 
made promises to him and said there was safety. You're not going to be the one that is punished because after all the goodman's away and he's not going to return to a far journey. And so this, this simpleton, uh, the Hebrew word there is ding dong, he follows suit and judgment will be his. Notice if in verse number 25, Solomon surmising all this and in a fatherly sense, I think he's communicating to his son. You say why? Because that's how it starts out in chapter 7. Chapter 7 has the last references that you'll, primarily the, the last references that you'll find that phrase, my son. And almost after seven chapters of commending to him 14 times, my son, my son, my son, bow down thine ear, incline thy ear, he concludes in chapter 7 with this. Let not thy heart decline to her ways. Go not astray to her paths. Why? For she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. You know, throughout Scripture, the word indicates that the simple are seducible. The simple are seducible. Some would insist otherwise. Some would insist that uh, they are not simple, or in fact that not all simple were seducible, but the Scripture indicates something far greater. Sometimes individuals rely on the past that they've received good training and therefore in areas of deception or possible sin they will not be deceived because their training was so marvelous. I'd take you back again to Leviticus, uh, if time would allow, but I would go back to Leviticus and tell you there's a group that was trained. There's a group that received first the commandment of truth, the Decalogue, the Ten Commandments. There's a group that at every turn, though they were isolated from the pagan cultures, still will succumb. Why? Because at the end of the day, your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. At the end of the day, your children's heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Some rely on the strength of their training. And the scripture mentions in Proverbs chapter 2, talking about this woman, this, this strange woman, and it says she hath forsaken the guide of her youth. This woman that's mentioned in Proverbs chapter 7 and in Proverbs chapter 2 and other places, she had someone that taught her differently. She made different choices in life than the way she was trained. There is no training that you can receive on this side that is so strong and so potent and so powerful that it will keep you from erring to sin. I'll say that again for those in the back. There is no training that you can ever give a child in this age that is so strong, so potent, and so powerful that it keeps them from sin. It's a guide. You know what's going to keep you from sin? The indwelling of the Spirit of God. And because of His indwelling, a dynamic reality of the wickedness and wretchedness of sin. That's a problem. You'll hear folks sometimes talk about parenting as raising Christians. Brethren, you can't raise Christians. You instill Christian morals. You instill Christian principles. But you cannot raise Christians. Why? How do you become a Christian? How do you become a Christian? That's right, and that's what my children have to do. I submit to you that Look back in the Old Testament. Why do you have a generation that was never in Egypt and never in Canaan and found every means to sin? Because they didn't believe God.
Why do you have young folks that grew up in youth groups and youth camps and Sunday school classes and junior church classes and parents that trained them and taught them and yet they seem to forsake the counsel of their youth? I submit to you there's a greater source of truth found in the fact that they're unbelieving. Remember 1 John chapter 3? <clears throat> he that hath this hope in him, what's he do? Purifieth himself, even as he is pure. You adults that God saved out of a background of wickedness, who kept you from going back to it? Your mom and your daddy? No, some of you, your mom and dad, thought it was strange that you changed your life. Now what keeps you from going to it? It's that indwelling Spirit of God that warns you and rebukes you. No, your training cannot be so greatly that it will not cause you to be, uh, 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 will not cause you or prevent you from sinning. Now that's not a, a mark that we should not train. I'm just telling you that the greatest thing is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Notice the second thing. Some will say, well, I won't be seduced, and they rely on the strength of their abilities. Uh, I think of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and I'll get there later, but let him that thinketh he standeth take heed. You're never so strong that you can't succumb to sin. And we'll be to the Christian that will say, well, I will never do this, or I will always do this. Be very cautious. Very cautious. <clears throat> Number four, some say, well, I won't be seduced. Why? Because they believe they'll be the exception to the rule. Think of Proverbs chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6 and verse number 27. It talks about, can man take fire in his bosom and his clothes not be burned? Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? No. You won't be the exception to the rule. The soul that sinneth, it shall surely die. That's a reality that we need in our life. One of the things that ought to cause me to live upright in this life is realizing how much God hates sin. And listen, He hated it yesterday, He hates it tomorrow, and He hates it right now. I have displeased the Holy Savior God in my life. I'm not the exception to the rule. Number four, perhaps they believe that they would just simply never engage in certain sins and we've alluded already to 1 Corinthians 10. The reality is that we are most in the place of destruction, Proverbs 6, 18 and 19 speaks of this, when we are sure that we are safe. With regard to digital technology there are several areas which we, well, we must be aware of the danger. Last week we focused on the perils of the internet, this week we'll focus on social media with an emphasis on what is said and interacted with. Now, social media sites, for those that uh, maybe are unaware, social media sites are some of the most visited sites on all the Internet. In fact, if you, if you research, go back and look at the top 15 most visited sites, we're talking about hundreds of millions of clicks, views, what have you, on a certain domain name in a given month. I mean, it's, a, it's astronomical numbers. Uh, and really, everything falls the top 15, everything falls in one of three categories. They're either retail, think Amazon, and we know who those are, those centers are, you know. Amazon, 
And then outside of Amazon, I believe Amazon is the only, maybe one of the only retailers, there may be another, but only retailers I think in the top 15, but the other two are split between social media and pornographic sites. That's what they are. And you can research that. Uh, that's how uh, present evil is online. Now, they are some of the most visited sites. They are often interacted through through mobile device apps. <clears throat> think tablets, think cell phones, you know, smartphones, really, things of that nature. Some of the most popular social media apps are Facebook, Meta is the parent company there, uh, YouTube, uh, of which Google is the parent company, Instagram, uh, which I think is owned by Facebook, <coughs> TikTok, Snapchat, X, formerly known as Twitter, Pinterest, Reddit, and LinkedIn. Uh, LinkedIn um, really, of all of these, though it, it is by definition a social media site, it tends to be more on the business side of the world. But anyway, uh, it's also of interesting note that some internet games allow for player interaction and therefore should be considered as social media at some level. And this can even be games that are not, not a, uh, a, a, an immoral thing at all. They can be wholesome games, but they have chat rooms. Uh, or chat areas that uh, uh, your, your internet friends collaborate in. And so you need to be aware of that. It should, should be noted that users can interact with these sites differently, with some of these above sites differently. Some of the following perils will at times be more directed towards one type of social media than another. And I just put that in there because as we're going through these perils, I'm certain that one of these perils, someone will say, well, that will never happen on this site. You might be right. But I'm looking at the broad perils of social media. I've included all the social media and understand that some of these perils are more directed towards some and some towards others. Um, but anyway, let me give you the first of these seven. The first peril is the peril of dangerous words. The peril of dangerous words. In fact, that's the very definition of social media. Words. They're present. Uh, and it's supposed to be the presence of your friends, although that's a very broad statement. These words will stop at nothing to criticize, laugh, and insult. Um, you've perhaps been familiar with this old adage, this idiom, that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. And we all know that that is absolutely untruthful. The proverb says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. The proverb says that a chief whisper separateth friends. And so this is an interesting rhyme, but it is not truthful. Many a vicious rumor or lie has been the ruination of someone. And frankly, when you, when you get on to read comment sections, I uh, several years ago would go online to various news outlets and they put an article out and it was somewhat opinionated, meaning not necessarily based on facts, just what their thoughts were, maybe towards an election or a politician. And that's always one man's opinion. But then at the bottom, they would have the comment section. Now you scroll down through that comment section and you'll get everybody else's opinion too. Uh, and some of them are quite, quite harsh. With social media, uh, you would sit there and say, well, well, I'll let my child get on there. It's just their friends from school. Well, what kind of comments are those, just those friends from schools making? I promise you, they're not always upful and hope, hopeful. And sadly, I've met many a Christian, a 
I'll back that one up. I've met some preachers that would be well reminded to get off some of it. Why? Because their words are dangerous words, harsh words, unduly critical words, not meant to edify. It's a violation of Ephesians, isn't it? Not seasoned with grace. They, they uh, have no edification in that sense. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. So there's a peril of dangerous words. I think also when you think of social media, the second one is the power of predators. The peril, rather, of predators. Uh, there are those that seek to lure children, youth, and adult through praises and gifts and ensnare them to illicit activity. Might I say that that is the exact way that they've sought to lure children through the course of humanity through praises and gifts. Uh, there was a time when children were instructed not to talk to strangers. Do you all remember that time? This is what we told them. Yet, when you think of social media, there are many parents that just let them go about assuming that there's safety in distance. But I'm going to promise you the lure is still there. Social media is not home to only innocent children. Nor is the internet, but I assume we've already learned that. It's not home to only innocent children. There are those that seek to catch the heart of a curious child and lure them into destruction. Notice I put there in Proverbs chapter 7 and verse 13, and the passage is talking about that simpleton that wandered by her way, and this is the reference that it uses, so she caught him. By the way, what did she promise him? Praise and gifts. And he went on that way and was caught. Social media sites, not everyone, well, I'm, I'm reading and saying the notes differently. It's a time we instructed children not to talk to strangers yet on social media sites. Everyone is a friend or a follower. So it must be safe, right? I would encourage you. Uh, child trafficking, especially for illicit activities, is still a major problem even among advanced countries and civilization like ours. And the means is not the guy in the van driving around with a, a handful of candy. The means is often done through online means. It's quite interesting that law enforcement often has divisions dedicated to catching child predators and how often they portray themselves through social media as 12-year-olds. And that's how they catch the predators. It's wicked and it's dangerous. I know. I know. We'll be the exception to the rule, right? Notice number three. There's the peril of depression. Uh, of depression. You could find a better word for this if you want. It's a foolish thing we would say to compare oneself with another. Second Corinthians speaks of it this wise. Uh, in, in, uh, we are not among them that compare ourselves among ourselves, for they that compare themselves among themselves are not wise. Yet, in the realm of social media, comparisons can take a front row seat. This is especially true of some social media influencers and commenters that consistently tell you what you need to have or what you shouldn't have 
in order that you might be successful. And in their view, successful means accepted. I used to think that this was just something that would only appeal to young folks. But you know, really it moves beyond that. There is many a social media influencer or social media commentator that has looked at adults and says, hey, if your wife or husband isn't like this, then you'll never be happy. If your house isn't like this, then you'll never have happiness. And so the individual on that end, not having the mind of Christ, not being instructed in righteousness, which by the way is the training of the Word of God, 2 Timothy chapter 3, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for correction, for... Most Christians are not instructed in righteousness. We know things about the Bible, but we have not let the Bible be an instruction book to how we guard our minds and hearts. Say, preacher, why would you say that? Just a cursory glance at Christendom today. They're less guarded and graded by intentional instruction to the Word of God. And so not having the mind of Christ, not considering the things of God, they've let their heart run rampant, and now they can't truly be happy until they see all these people and be like these people, and then they'll have happiness. I'm getting ahead of my notes, but the sad reality is a lot of it that is masqueraded as real really isn't real at all. The peril of depression. Number four, there's the peril of personal dissatisfaction with self. You hear this phrase a lot today, but it's the idea of body image, what one thinks of their self. Recent polling from the UK of over 5,500 people of ages from early teens clean through the 30s and 40s. It was a big polling. Uh, but they surveyed these 5,500 people. They conveyed that 73% of adults 73% of adults were so impacted through social media and that impact ranged from shame to disgust regarding their body image, what they thought. I was last night, um, was sitting there with Lucas and we had, um, for those of you that don't know, I, I, I like to watch the University of North Carolina basketball when they're good. When they're not, I find other things to do. But last night was the first in two installments where they were playing a devil team. I'll leave it at that. And, and it, there's commercials, and I was muting the commercial. One of them came on, and it's this two guys. And this one guy, he's, he's uh, he go, this is what teenagers are for. But he goes, uh, I just couldn't live with myself as I was losing my hair. Another fella, he's got that. I don't know, millennial look where the hair on the front goes up, you know. And he goes, oh, for three years I hid under my ball cap. And I didn't know what, I, I mean, they were, they were presenting this, and there's, you know, obviously I have a little bit of uh, issue with this. And Lucas leaned over to me and said, how does this make you feel, Dad? How does, I mean, do you need that number? And he's messing with me, and I threw it the remote at him. But we laugh about that. But in the vacuum of social media, if that is the primary intake that you get, you with me? It won't be long that you'll believe that your dissatisfaction with life can be corrected if you could fix this about yourself. And it's not just there. You think about plastic surgery. 
Years ago, plastic surgery was perhaps for people who were damaged through war or bad accidents. Then it became something that Hollywood did. Let me tell you one more thing. How many are familiar with the name Brad Pitt? He was raised in a Baptist home, if you didn't know that, and then he went to paganism. That's, I'm dead serious about that. But anyway, they showed a picture of him. He's recently, he's turned 60 years old, and Fox News had an article about him, and, and they were like, it's just amazing. 60 years old, he's just got a slight graying, and uh, this obviously has happened. This is what the stupid article said. <sighs> it's such a lie. This is obvious. <sighs> Don't stop smiling at me. This, this has obviously happened because of the creams for his exfoliation that he's used in life. And I was like, really, that's what we're going with? Really? So I ran down to the comments to think if anybody might have thought like I did. First comment, nope, all caps. It's called having more money than you need, never having to work, never having any stress related to ever being able to take care of your family, and have extra in life. That guy's on to something. Yet you listen to that commentator, it's about these creams. I don't know what creams he's using. Some creams that can just suck wrinkles right out your face. It's also called genes, genetics. But if you look at that and you read after that, and in the society where we're at now, I'm going to tell you something. One of the benefits of a church of God is that you're around people. You get behind social media, it's you and whatever's behind that box, them your friends. And if all of them are forwarding this information, pretty soon you'll start thinking that if you don't look like this, obviously something major is wrong in your life. And it's not just something that affects adults, though 73% of them in this survey were impacted. But it affects teenagers, it affects young men and young ladies. Why? Because they've not learned to put all the armament of the Christian soldiers, the mind of God on it creates grand problems. Let me finish this one. Of those same adults that were sampled, 13% felt so hopeless that they actually, they actually considered suicide. Really? 68% of teenagers were impacted. Those immersed in the social media world became trapped in a myomic, a myopic meaning they can only see what's right in front of them, point of view that prevents them from experiencing some of the joys of life. The psalmist said in Psalm 16, Thou wilt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. At thy right hand are pleasures forevermore. The peril of personal dissatisfaction with self. I've got some notes here I don't have to talk about, but you, I, be, I best go on. Let me give you number five. There's the peril of the online trends. The peril of the online trends. Now, if you're not familiar with them, trends in the social media world like challenges. Not all of them are the same. Not all of them have the same peril. Um, I forget which it is, uh, but sometimes you'll have the ice bucket challenge. Was that American uh, uh, ACL? Was, is that what that was? I think it was. ALS, there we go. ALS. And so you take the ice bucket challenge and essentially you dump a bucket of ice water on you, draw attention to uh, ACL, uh, ALS, say that again for me, ALS, and then you'll challenge so many other people to do the same, and that's what you do. It, it's an awareness getting thing. <clears throat> so not all dares, 
have the same end, but they are common among the youth. Why? Because unsupervised peril of social media challenges have really garnered their attention. Some of these have brought damage and death to some youth. These challenges, these trends that are dangerous include the following. The Benadryl challenge. How much Benadryl can you take? The blackout challenge. It deals with asphyxiation. The deodorant challenge. It deals with the consumption of that. Uh, there's other ones. Several years ago, there was a Tide Pod, Tide Pod challenge. Those that follow on social media, I'm telling the truth. What were they doing with Tide Pods? They're eating them. Now you can look at that and say, that's stupid. And I'm saying it's so prevalent. It's so extreme. And it can have peril, these online trends. Once again, those who are most in social media, it seems like everyone is doing it. And because everyone is engaged in these acts of dangerous folly, you must be too. All your friends are doing it. If your real tangible friends are all talking about what they saw and you're talking about what you saw and, and boy, we can just, then everybody needs to go eat Tide Pods. Somebody said, well, I'd never do that. I'd hope not, but the temptation to the heart is strong. Number six is the perils of misinformation. It's true that in many, uh, many may go to certain media, social media sites for information directly. In my own life, I think YouTube and occasionally a perusal through some of Reddit have benefited me. Uh, there's been times I learned how to do something through YouTube, uh, something that was important, helped me make a repair. That is true, and those are just limited uh, in, in certain areas. However, there is and will continue to be an unfiltered, ungovernable stream of knowledge from the Internet and social media. We joke about it today. Did you hear about such and such? Well, how do you know that's true? I've read it on the Internet, and somebody will say, well, of course, everything you read on the internet is true. Well, uh, the fact is, it is ungovernable and it is unfiltered. We talked to, what was a presidential 2016, they went on and on about political misinformation. Um, there's continual misinformation that exists, although I guess a better way to say that is a lie, but I'll leave that for another day. It's not politically correct. Think about some of, this areas, some of these areas. These areas of misinformation include such areas as evolution, history, science, and theology. That's true. If you want to go online, uh, this is very prevalent since October the 7th. October the 7th was the day that the barbarian, traitor, uh, the barbarian uh, terrorists from Hamas invaded and murdered all those people. Do you remember that was October the 7th? And keep in mind, they went into homes and shot little kids up. That's what they were doing. And yet on this side, you've got people that say, well, the Holocaust never happened. Go online. Tons of information. Now, I won't be convinced of that in my mind. I, uh, I remember, uh, but it's been prevalent. I remember we would uh, have prayer time and had a man in our church. His name was James Stevens. 
his wife's name was Willie. When he was 17 years old, he enlisted late in World War II. So he was put in the division with Patton. That's where he was. Just, he was just a private. And his unit was responsible for the liberation of one of the death camps. Now, when I met him, he's an old, white-haired man in his late 70s and 80s. But whenever someone would mention the Holocaust or death camp, he would, he would just begin to cry. It's just as real as he was there again. But you watch online misinformation that exists. Misinformation in science. Keep reading, you'll find out about flat earth. Of course, I have a great theory on flat earth. Did you know that the, the world is 70% water? Did you know that? And none of it's carbonated, therefore it must be flat. But you go read those science, you'll, you'll convince yourself of whatever. Theology, tons of theological errors. They're present, and you can't filter and stream them all out. If you think that the times, if you think at times you don't know what to believe, imagine the trouble this causes for youth that already know everything. Number seven, there's the peril of health. In extreme cases, the overall health of some is compromised. Be that from a challenge, be that from sleeplessness. Um, sleeplessness and constant engagement. I think about the YouTube shorts and the Facebook reels. I may have that backwards. And you can just swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe. And it's addictive and it's moving and it's constantly grabbing your attention. And before you know it, hours can pass. I think of various dieting fads. I think of the mental anguish that can be caused or the prevalence of drugs. The prolonged, unfiltered influence of social media can have a devastating impact on those that are enticed by it. No wonder the father of Proverbs 1 says, Consent thou not. Only dedication to the proven principles of the Word of God can give length of days, long life, and peace. The simple, and keep in mind, that's all of us in one sense or another, must not forsake mercy and truth. We must not lean to our own understandings. Enticed to danger. Father. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us, please write us at P.O. Box 126-541, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, 17112. And visit our website at www.svbcpa.org. Until next time.